May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, we hear the words of Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. It says, Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. This is God's word. Dear friends in Christ, members of Christ Lutheran Church, others who have traveled to come here today, and especially Brother Johnny, it was a monumental task that the Lord was calling Moses to carry out. Having heard the cries of his people, not to mention just simply continuing to make good on his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Lord decided that it was finally time to lead the children of Israel out of their slavery in Egypt. And Moses was just the man that the Lord wanted for the job. Now this job that the Lord was assigning Moses, it would include some challenging things like confronting the ruler of a nation, saying some things to that ruler that that ruler was not going to want to hear. It was going to include calling down plagues on the people of Egypt because of the Pharaoh's persistent stubbornness. And oh yeah, one one other minor little detail. It was also going to involve being the leader and even the mouthpiece of God himself to a group of people that at the current time likely numbered well over a million. Do you think Moses was a little intimidated? He was. Sure, he had grown up in the palace in Egypt, and yeah, with that, we can also pretty safely assume that he was a very educated man. But the fact of the matter was that Moses had fled from Egypt 40 years before this, and he hadn't seen any of his fellow Israelites for 40 years either, for that matter. He was living as a shepherd out in the land of Midian and raising a family there. Moses didn't seem to think that he had any particular great leadership abilities to speak of. And he also certainly didn't seem like he had any burning desire to leave this lifestyle behind and go out and take on this incredibly intimidating task at the ripe old age of 80. So when the Lord did call Moses to this noble task from a burning bush as Moses was out tending his flock one day in the wilderness? Well, needless to say, Moses was a little bit reluctant (laughs) to accept the Lord's call. Even though, you know, even though uh, the Lord had provided him with several signs as proof of his promises that he would be with him, that he would direct him, yet Moses was very hesitant to take on this holy calling that the Lord was assigning to him. Instead, Moses was trying to come up with all sorts of excuses as to why he shouldn't be the guy for this job, including that he argued that he wasn't a good communicator. He said, Oh Lord, I have never been eloquent. I'm slow of speech and tongue. And with that, he hoped it would be a slam dunk argument to the Lord saying, Hey Lord, go find somebody else. I'm not the guy for the job. Go find somebody else that's going to be much more confident and much more equipped for what you're currently asking me 
to do. But of course, what Moses perceived and even hoped to be some disqualifying lack of gifts for this job, that was of no importance to the Lord. When the Lord calls somebody into his service, he never calls the wrong person. He, he calls those whom he wants for his service, and he will equip them with what they need for the job. And so even though Moses, you know, he recognized his weaknesses, he didn't think he had what it takes for the task the Lord was assigning him, yet the Lord knew otherwise. And so the Lord now was calling him to simply trust in him, put his faith in him, and let the Lord be the one that leads him on this calling that he was commissioning him to on this day. And so the Lord, this is what he said to him when, when Moses was arguing with him that he was too unqualified for this job. He sa- the Lord said, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. In other words, Moses, get over yourself. (laughs) This isn't about you or your abilities. This isn't about your power to persuade Pharaoh or to lead my people. Moses, this is all about me, your creator, who has all power and who is commissioning you to this, the one who is gracious to you and the one who knows exactly how I can use you. Even though, again, you recognize, Moses, you're weak, just know that I can use you anyway because you're the guy I want and I have the capabilities to give you the power to do this. And if you cling to me, if you continue to trust in me, I will continue to teach you and to empower you and to equip you so that you can, in fact, take out, take on this task for my glory and accomplish my purpose. Of course, we all know how the, the story ends up, don't we? He, he did go on and, and do that. Yeah, it took a little bit more persuading from the Lord yet, but ultimately, God did marvelously use Moses to accomplish his glory, to accomplish his glorious plan that he was giving him to carry out. Although Moses was intimidated by the call because he recognized his weaknesses, yet the Lord would supply him with exactly what he needed for the job. And so none of this was Moses' own doing, of course but rather it was entirely the Lord's doing who always equips his people for the tasks that he assigns them to. And he will accomplish his purposes in spite of our weaknesses and our failures and our own perceived lack of ability. So here we sit, about 3,500 years removed from that day when the Lord commissioned Moses to that intimidating assignment. and. Brother Johnny, I'm sure you're relieved to know that, no, the Lord's not calling you to lead a million-plus people. He's not calling you to address the ruler of a nation. But he is calling you, he is commissioning you today to be a spiritual shepherd to over a 100 precious blood-bought souls in Christ Lutheran Church. Along with that, he's also commissioning you to lead these precious blood-bought souls in their efforts to continue reaching out to more precious blood-bought souls in the community all around you. And so now that today this, this whole pastor thing is becoming a reality for you, 
and no longer just a pipe dream that you get to talk and theorize about in the comfort and safety of a seminary classroom. I want to ask you a question. Are you feeling a little intimidated? I mean, sure, you know, you've, you've preached a number of sermons already, and I'll let you all know that he's, he's got good gifts in that area. You'll, you'll come to find out. But at the same time, what's it going to be like now to have to prepare a new sermon every single week to feed the flock with? And sometimes multiple sermons in the same week, depending what time of year it is. How equipped do you feel to answer council members when they come talking to you? You know, they're seeking your advice and your guidance on certain issues, even though you're young enough to be their son or perhaps even their grandson in some cases. I don't know who's all on the council here. But, uh, you're a lot younger than them probably and you have a lot less life experience. How equipped do you feel? to help guide them and and give them direction? How prepared do you feel to call out sin when necessary or to offer counsel to those that come to you that are struggling through some complicated life issues, things that you can't just give them a quick, simple answer, do this, do that, and suddenly everything will be good again? And how ready are you to be the one that gets to hold the hand of the sick and the dying, ushering them into heaven? and to be there to support and comfort the hurting family members that are desperately seeking the Lord's word and, and the comfort that only he can bring. Those, of course, are just the, uh, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the, the responsibilities and the challenges that you'll be facing as a pastor. And I can imagine right now as you're sitting in that seat there, you're probably feeling a little bit like Moses did when he was standing before the burning bush and wondering, how can I do this? You know, you might be questioning, Lord, is it too late to back out now? Do I, do I really have to follow through on this today? I hope that's not what you're thinking, but there might be that little inkling in the back. And you're probably also thinking more specifically a question like, you know, as you think about all these things that you are going to have to deal with, different issues and, and all the preaching and all that stuff, how am I going to always have the right words to say. I'll let you in on a little secret. In and of yourself, you can't do this. If you're looking to your own strength, your own abilities, your own wisdom to try and carry out this ministry that the Lord is calling to you, it's not going to do so well, and you aren't going to be a good shepherd to the flock. However, The Lord is calling you today to cling to him and to trust him and to know that he is the one that will equip you for this service, even when you recognize that you're inadequate, even when you recognize you can't do this in and of yourself. The Lord is the one that equips you, and he will will help you to accomplish his purposes as you continue to conduct your ministry to his flock here at Christ. And so... As, as you think about this, you know, as, as you think back to Moses and as he was standing there fretting, you know, fretting before the burning bush, wondering how he was going to accomplish that task, think especially of those, these words again that the Lord spoke to him. He said, who gave man his mouth? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. That very same promise is also for you, Pastor Johnny. No, don't expect that the Lord is going to come whispering into your ear or appearing to you in a burning bush. 
or doing any sort of verbal instruction for you like he did with Moses. But do expect that the Holy Spirit will continue to strengthen you, to guide you, to equip you, and to teach you as you continue to meditate day and night on Holy Scripture, just like the Lord urged Joshua to meditate day and night on Holy Scripture when he was commissioned eventually to take over for Moses. Because there, when you go back to Holy Scripture, every single time you'll be pointed to Christ your Savior. You'll be reminded how he shed his blood for you and has covered over all your failures and all the failures of your flock that you're leading. There, again, you'll be equipped to handle those issues and, and have the words to say when you might not on your own, but the Lord will teach you. You know, as, as you think about and as you learn Holy Scripture, you'll better be able to apply it um, to the, the situations that confront you. And also, finally, just as you continue to meditate day and night on Scripture, you'll be reminded of one very simple but important thing that this ministry is not your own. It's the Lord's. And he has and he will continue to graciously equip you for the task that he's commissioning you today. And so before closing, a little word of encouragement for the congregation. I don't want to leave the rest of you out of this. I feel like I've just been zeroing in on Johnny this whole time. But a word of encouragement for all of you. Remember to keep praying for your pastor in all the years to come, because he needs strengthening just as much as each and every one of you needs strengthening. Remember, you know, remember to, um, that even though he is the mouthpiece of God to you, that's what he's called to do, yet remember also just how important it is that you serve as God's mouthpiece to him at times, reminding him that, yes, the Lord is his gracious Lord who has called him for this task, who's equipped him. And also along with that, remind him that Jesus' blood has covered over every last one of his failures and his faults and his inadequacies, just as Pastor Johnny is going to continue to do for you day in and day out as he serves you as your pastor. And especially when you come together in worship, that's going to be the emphasis of his sermons, pointing you to Christ and his beautiful forgiveness. And just know that in all this, as you work together under the love and the grace of Christ, Christ our Savior will, in fact, be glorified. And the ministry of reconciliation that he has called all of us to will accomplish exactly the purposes that our Lord desires. And so with that, brother, go like Moses, called and equipped by your gracious Savior. Cling to him and point, and point others to him. And know that with him, there is no need to be intimidated because he has called and equipped you for this task. He has covered over every last one of your failures by the cross. And now he will continue to strengthen you and support you. And he will give you the words to say as well. And he will accomplish his glory as he uses you as one of his many mouthpieces to share the love of Christ with the world around you. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.